about time to start. Should we go ahead and start? How many say we should start? All right, let's go for it. All right, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this uh, Wednesday night. Thank you for a time just to come apart with your people and uh, talk about your things. And uh, <clears throat> uh, bless these people for the time and effort and priority that they've given to being here. And uh, we, we pray that the Holy Spirit would be working well and strongly in them to help them to understand and, and take home a lot of good things and, and, and apply them to their lives. And as I teach, I pray that likewise the Holy Spirit would be a strong working in and through me to present your truth um, that you have to share th this evening um, in, a, in a very understandable way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, here we go. So, this is uh, last two sessions. So, we did the world, the, 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 the flesh, the human nature, right? We did the, um, the world, and now we're on to Satan and the powers of darkness. Um, which made me think of something that I'm going to put back here. Um, let me put it right here. Okay. So, uh, let's look at this. Satan and the powers of darkness. Do most of the encounters you've had with the powers of darkness look more like this? Or like this. Which one? Number two. <laughs> yeah, which one looks more fearful? Scary. Yeah. But uh, which one is really more dangerous to us? Number two there. Um so that's why we, we talked about the human nature, the flesh, and the world first, because that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, that's not to say that Satan is not involved in these things, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, but he, he plays upon what is already present in our lives and what the world is already um, having us do, moving us towards so, we'll talk about that. Um, so, we're going to go through, this is a lot of information. So, we're going to go through it, uh, each section here, uh, the information, we're going to go through it quickly, and then stop for questions. Um, if, we, if we pause and took a long time on each one of these, which, if we had a, a seminary course, you would, but we don't have a seminary course we have two hours, so uh, that's how we're going to do it. So um, the first is, the first question we're going to answer is, who is Satan and what are demons, all right? So um, there, there you've got number one, two, th three, four, five, six. Um, let's, let's, just, um, let's just start back here on the right. I'm going to start with Jane. Can you read that number one? Don't read, you don't have to read the references, um, but just, just read what number one says there. Okay, so that's the first point. Um, number two, Grant. Okay, and there's some references there. These are tricky references because they're very kind of covert. Um, if you read Ezekiel 28, it's talking about tire, the not 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 rubber tires, but the um, the uh, city state of Tyre. And uh, Isaiah 14 is talking about Babylon, but biblical scholars are such exalted language there. It's talking about, um, they feel it's talking about Lucifer, um, um, Satan, who is behind these, these powers back then. But that's, that's a big, big topic that all you need to know is they rebelled against God led by Lucifer. Number three, uh, Mary, would you read that? 
Okay, getting the picture there. Okay, number four, go ahead. Okay, Don, five. Okay, and then six, uh, Lori. All right, so those are the basics. Questions? Anything there that strikes a question or something you'd like a little bit more information about? Some of this, for some of you that have been in the church, yeah, you're going, okay, yeah, I knew this stuff. So um, any, anything there you want to talk about or ask about? I'll just give you a moment to, to look that over. Okay, we're all right? Okay, next in the survey. Second, what is Satan called in the Bible? All right, so the, here's some verses, and they give us names the Bible gives to Satan, and each name obviously uh, indicates something about the purpose and work of the powers of darkness. Just number one is um, Satan, just for your information, Satan is Hebrew, all right? Devil is Greek, but they both mean the accuser, okay? Satan is Hebrew, the devil is a Greek word, and they both mean the accuser, all right? So, um, let's see, uh, Steve, um, you guys got your Bibles, you got your pew Bibles or your phones or whatever, get them out. We're going to, we're going to have, just go around and read these and have you give, give the, give the uh, name Dylan. Okay. Go with Revelation twelve ten, and we'll just go around so you can kind of be ready. John eight, Matthew four, we'll come around this way. Okay, so what's Satan called there? The accuser. All right, so, and that's, that's a different word, but it ties in with his name, Satan and the devil. All right, John 8. Go ahead, Joy, John eight forty four. Okay, so what is he called there? Father of lies, okay, father of lies. And we might add he's also a murderer, okay? Put that in there too, all right? So again, names, names that indicate what kind of a guy he is. Okay, go ahead, uh, Matthew 4, 3. All right, what's he called there? The tempter, because that's what he does, all right? Um, uh, let's see. Go ahead. Um, hit me with your name again. You are? Joe. Joe, yeah. Joe, hit us with Matthew thirteen thirty-eight. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Okay, and what's he called there? The evil one. The evil one, okay. Um Again, indicating what kind of character he has. John twelve thirty one. Go ahead. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world What's he called there? He's called the ruler of this world. Okay. Um, and then um, Eric, Second Corinthians four four. Okay, what's he called there? Okay, now, um, interesting, the translation is God of this world. It's a different word. It's the God of this age, okay? The age as, as we use that. This age in which we live is an age of technology. This is an age of, so it's using 
it's, so it's not the word world. I don't know why the translation used world. He's the God of this age, this particular character of time in which we live. He's the God of it. If it has a particular character, it's because there's somebody like this behind it. Okay, he's the God of this age. All right. Um, and the ruler of this world, that's, is, that a, is that a striking name to anybody, that Satan is the ruler of this world? Does, does that raise any questions in anybody's mind? <laughs> Isn't God the ruler of this world? Yeah. So what, what, what does that mean? He's the ruler of this world. Well, that, that could be, and we'll get to that later. Yeah, I'm not sure that's, that's exactly what it means here, but that's, there's some truth there, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, or maybe next time. But anyway, yeah. The God of this world. It's the same word that's used as we say the world as an enemy, okay? So think about it. We, we talked about the world the last two weeks. We talked about the world as an enemy of the Christian. What do we say about that? What is the world? Remember that? Yeah, it's the society of people in this world made up of people who have fallen human natures. And so that society and its culture, its values, and all that is what we call the world, or what the Bible calls the world in the sense of being an enemy of the Christian. And Satan is the god of that world. Okay? So he is the god. He's the driving force, one of the driving forces, not the only one, behind that. Um, One of the reasons the world, in the sense of society, culture, uh, values and all of mankind, one of the reasons it takes the direction that it takes is because Satan is in there very strongly. And what this is saying is, in the world, in that sense, Satan's influence is bigger than God's, okay? Satan's influence in the world in that sense, not in the physical world, not in the cosmos, the, the, the creation as a whole, I mean, God is sovereign over that. But when you're talking about the world as the enemy of the Christian, made up of human beings who have fallen sinful natures with their culture and their values and all that comes out of that, the media and all, um, Satan has more influence in that than God does, okay? So that's what this is saying. He's the God of this world, the ruler of this world, the God of this age, okay? And then finally, where do we get, Andrea? Ephesians 2, 2. So what's he called there? Prince of the power of the air, okay? And he's also called the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So you can see how that kind of gives some some explanation to what I just said. He's at work in the sons of disobedience. In in other words, people without God. Um, He's at work in them very strongly, okay? So, um, so that's, those are the names, the basic names. There might be a few others you might be able to scrounge up, but those are the names of, of Satan or the devil that we find in the New Testament there. Uh, any, any further comments or questions that you want to ask about these? Okay. I might just note that um, Satan in the Bible can also refer to evil spirits in general, okay? It's like Satan and his minions. So when you say um, Satan is at work in the world, it doesn't mean that Satan is as big as the world or omnipresent like God is. It, when you say Satan is at work in the world, it means Satan as the representative of this whole host of of his whole host of demons, okay? So um, when you say Satan did this, 
or Satan tempted me. Probably, let me tell you something, I doubt that Satan himself has ever tempted you. I don't think you're that important. Um, I'm guessing Satan is at work in Putin or Obama or President Kagame or um, anybody else you can think of, okay? Some of those big guys. Um, we're probably being hassled by a bunch of demons, you know? Or maybe, maybe Satan is, is after some of these big guys like Billy Graham and, and some of the big influential people in the, in the spiritual world that um, he just really wants to take out, you know? He says, I'm not going to entrust that to my little minion dudes. I'm going to take care of that guy myself, you know, that kind of a deal. So, yeah, Steve. Absolutely. That's absolutely true too, Steve. Thank you for that. And that's part of what's behind the idea that um, uh, the, the world, he's got that influence in the world. So he set up the world to be tricky for us and full of traps. Okay? All right. He's good at that. Good. Thanks, Steve. All right. So um, number three, what are the works of the powers of darkness. So um, I'm just going to survey these quickly once again. Um, and you've got them there. That's why I printed them out, because we're going through this quickly. You can go back as, and use this as a reference or, or think about these more. I'm not going to read all these passages because they are multitude here. But um, this, is a, this is a quick survey of the works of Satan as we, as we see them here in the New Testament. So 2 Corinthians 11, 14 to 15, it says that Satan and his, his angels, his fallen angels can appear as angels of light. Okay, and that's a very disturbing thing. Um, the passage says, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So uh, Matthew 24 says that they can do Amazing miracles. Demons can do amazing miracles. First John five nineteen. That's why we. That's by the way. That's why we have to be careful. You know, you, you see some guy and he claims to be this Christian leader or something like that, and he's doing all miracles and all this stuff, and people just follow him. That's how cults get started. Um, but if he's if he's not like Joseph Smith or some of these crazy people, uh, maybe maybe they do do miracles, but never use miracles as a test of whether somebody is really of God because Satan can do miracles too. First John five nineteen, the whole earth is his field of work. Um, we, just, we just saw that. Um, this, this passage says the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. It says in first John five nineteen, Ephesians 2, 2, they are at work in, the, in and through unbelievers. Okay. 1 Peter 5, 8, they seek, pray, people to devour. That's that famous passage. Satan prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Okay, he's prowling around. He's looking around. He's, he's, that's what he does, okay? Um, he's not just sitting back. Number six, uh, 1 Timothy 4, they not only move people to irresponsible, passionate living, but to asceticism and religious self-denial. Isn't that interesting? Listen to this. Um, Paul says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teaching of demons through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage and require abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So, we often think of Satan moving people to sexual immorality and murder and all kinds of nasty stuff. He can move people to be very religious people, ascetic people. And you're going, wow, that guy's really amazing. You know, look at his self-denial and all that stuff. Satan can be behind that too. So he'll do whatever he can, you know? He doesn't just do bad things. He can do good things as well. All right, um, 
let's see, 1 Timothy 3, 7 and 2 Timothy 2. They trap people. They trap them. They set up traps to capture them and have them do their will. Okay? Uh, number eight, John 13. They can place thoughts into, into our hearts. That's that famous passage where it says, During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. So he can, they can put thoughts and desires and purposes, actually place them into our hearts, okay? Um, John 13, 27, they can enter into a person. Then it says later on, um, Satan actually entered into Judas, okay? Uh, Mark 4, 4, 15, they seek to make the world the word, not the world, the word ineffective in people's lives. The parable of the sower, you know, it says the first, the first thing is seed sown on the path and what's the devil do? He snatches it up, tries to keep it from even having even the slightest little impact in your life. They, they, they like to do that. Matthew 13, they infiltrate their people into or among the true people of God. Okay, First um, Thessalonians 2 18, they can hinder the purposes and plans of God's people. Paul says there, because we wanted to come to you, he says to the Thessalonians, I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. Okay, so Satan can hinder the work and the plans of God's people. Revelation 2.10, they move people to persecute believers. Um, Ephesians 4, they will take advantage of every opportunity we afford them. That's the passage that says, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Do not give an opportunity to the devil. So what's that saying is that when we do something simple and everyday, I mean, how often does it happen? We hang on to our anger. This is saying that gives Satan an opportunity to do something nasty in our lives. Okay, so um, that's, that's how they work. That's part of the prowling about, looking for opportunities. Um, Revelation 12.10, they accuse us before God. We already saw that. And finally, 16, 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, they blind the eyes of the heart of unbelievers. That's why it's important to pray when we're seeking the lost. Okay? All right. So that's a quick survey of the works of the powers of darkness. Um, anybody have a question that they'd like to ask about any of those? Any, any strike at a, a note of interest question, Joy? Um, yeah. This is, this is believers as well. Listen to what the verse says. Um, this is 1 Timothy 3.7. Moreover, he's talking about qualifications for elders. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Okay, so this is talking about a believer, somebody that's like Nate, who might be someday an elder. And he's saying... Be careful about that. You know, you pick a guy that's too young, too new in his faith, and he's not strong, and he's still got a lot of that world stuff floating around in his mind. Satan's going to play on that and trap him up. Okay? Satan's going to play on that and trap him up. I'm, I'm just using for you for example, okay? <laughs> All right? So, yeah, definitely believers there. All right? Um Anybody else? Questions on these works of the powers of darkness? All right. Okay. Now, let's consider number four. What extreme effects can demons have on people? All right. Let's look at... This is one of the most extreme, one of, the, one of them, this is probably the most extensive description in Mark 5, 2 through 13. Get your Bibles out and look at that. Um, 
Mark 5, 2 through 13, the most um, extensive description of an extreme case of what we often call demon possession. And we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, let me, let me emphasize something that, that Pastor Chris already said in one of his messages. Um, the idea of, of demon Demon possession, there's no such word in the Bible. The Bible never talks about demon possession. That's a word that um, we use, but the Bible never uses that word, okay? It never says so-and-so was possessed by a demon. The word that's used there is actually, this is two words, it's a phrase, but in the Bible, it's demonization, Somebody can be demonized. In other words, influenced or harassed by a demon. And that can be anything from very small to up here, something very big. All right? Um, it's all called demonization. It's just a matter of degree. Okay? So that's the biblical perspective. So some, we, sometimes we get in arguments about, well, can a... A, a, a Christian be demon-possessed? Well, I don't know, because that's not even a biblical issue. The Bible never talks about demon possession. But it talks, it talks about demonization, and as we just saw, absolutely, Christians can be influenced and harassed by demons. We just saw that. He can trap them. He can keep them from doing stuff. We know Paul had a, had a messenger from Satan to harass him, um, to keep him from being proud. So absolutely, um, Demons can have influences on non-Christians and, and Christians. Um, so it, it helps us just to get rid of this, this word, demon possession. It's demonization. Now, what we have here in Mark 5 is an extreme, like an extreme demonization. I mean, that's like right, right up here. Um, but it gives an eye, it opens our eyes to what demons really are like. And if, if they could totally do what they wanted to do with a person, this is what they would end up like. All right? This is what they would end up like. So we're going to make a list of this stuff. So look at, look at your Bibles, and, and let's read that. Um, and um, we're going to just make a list of some of these crazy things, the extreme effects that Satan can have, a demon can have, on an individual. So, somebody read that for us. Mark 5, 1. Get us started. We'll stop from time to time. But somebody get us started. Mark 5, 1. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Okay, so a man with an unclean spirit. In other words, a demon. That's another way of referring to a demon. Okay, go ahead. Number 3, verse 3. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with the chain. Okay, what, what, what did the demon do to this guy? Okay, made him strong. Uh, superhuman. Superhuman. Strength. All right. What else? There's something else there. Where does he live? Okay. He lives... In a nasty place. By his choice, he went there. Somehow the demon in him influenced him, and that's where he lived. He wanted to live there in the tombs. That's where he hung out, okay? Um, okay, go ahead, number four. For he had often been bound in shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and broke the shackles to pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Okay. What does that say about him? Superhuman strength. Yeah. What else though? He cannot. He 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 does not. He he is not controlled. Nothing you can do to control the guy. Okay. 
All right? Go ahead, number five. Okay, what's he doing there? Yep, self-harm. Self-harm? Yeah, he's cutting himself with stones. Okay, yeah. Well, and that... There's the human self and there's the demon Yes. Yeah, crying out. I mean, that's, there's a, I, I, I see that as an inner agony. He's in inner agony, inner turmoil, okay? That comes out in these screams and these, yeah, he, and he can't sit still. He's just got to be roaming around all the time on the mountains and in the tombs, you know. Man, bad stuff. Okay, where are we? Number six? And when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him. Seven. And crying out with a loud voice, he said, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I adjure you by God, do not torture me. Okay, and that says something about the demons. What's it say about them? <laughs> they know God. They know God. They know who he is? They know who he's capable of? They call him by name. They know that he's got their destiny in his hands? <laughs> they know that, okay? Is that the most high? I mean, even the Jews were not saying that. The Jews would not say that. His disciples hadn't even come to that realization yet. The demons are saying, son of the most high, we know this about you. And the human beings didn't have no idea yet. They're like, uh, but the demons know. Okay. All right. Okay. But what are they doing to this guy? Verse 8. In 9. Okay, so that says not, not just one, but many. Many demons can, can be operating on this guy. Um, just having a good time on the poor guy. All right. Um, okay, keep going. 10. Uh, he begged him earnestly not to send him out of the country. 11. Now a great earthquake was being made there, and the Okay, so, um, yeah, that's, that's what he, that's, one, one of, in, in Luke, you find out that the guy was naked. I guess Matthew was too embarrassed to bring up that point, but the guy was running around naked. And they tried to clothe him, but they, he'd rip off his clothes. All right. Yeah, they, he was in, this is just an extreme case. You know, like we saw, a demon can put a thought into your mind. He can enter into you. He can just stop you from doing something. Well, the idea of possession, the idea of possession throws us off because it means like we belong then to Satan. But it's not saying, you know, this guy, it can get to that point where this guy is just totally under the control of the demon. And that's, that's what we said. That's way up here. Um, but that's just, that's the same word. The same word used there is demonization, okay? Um, but that's, yeah, that's where people get the idea. Um, what else? Let's see, did we miss anything? He screams. Um, oh, and one thing we kind of missed is he, um, the, the demons use his voice as their voice, okay? Because when, when Jesus, when he, when he was talking to Jesus, the demon was talking to Jesus, he was using the voice of this guy, okay? Uses, uses the, the man's voice as his own, okay? The demons do. 
Um, and it's obvious, and he's lost his mind. He's just totally, his mind is blown, okay? Um, um, I, I think, I, think I, I should have had us read down to verse 14. It says, after the demons were cast out, it said, the man sat there clothed in his right mind. So his mind was, was blown. He was totally, totally out of touch with reality. Totally crazy. Okay. Um, there you go. So that's the extreme. All right, so that's, what's, that's what demons um, would like, like to do. Um, and so we go back to this. Demons may present themselves like this, but what they want to do to us is this. They want to turn us into animals. They want to turn us into animals. So all their nice tempting and everything. Remember, Satan is the god of this world, this age. He wants to turn society into animals. He'll give them riches. He'll make them religious. He'll do whatever he needs to do to turn you into an animal somehow, someday. That's what he wants. This is what we see, okay? So, have you ever seen anybody in this kind of situation? Anybody had a demon possession case like this? Anybody? Me neither. I've never, I've never seen it. Um, and that's, again, that's the reason we spent two-thirds of this time talking about the flesh, human nature, because every day, this very day, you, you wrestled with the human nature, okay? But you've lived your whole life and never seen anything like this. Every day, you're going to go home and turn on TV and you're going to be confronted with the world and you're going to have to fight that battle. But you've never seen anything like this. So that's why we started out with the other. But this is important too. Because um, this is not just weird, ancient stuff. This is where demons want to take us. Um, so where we see human evil or behavior that is pushed to crazy extremes, demons are most likely involved, okay? Um, when we see um, personally destructive behavior, people that are doing stuff to themselves and it's destroying them, it might actually be cutting themselves or trying to commit suicide or, or whatever. Demons could be involved. I'm not saying every time. There are lots of reasons somebody might do that. But here's, here's, here's the thing. If somebody is, suppose somebody tends towards depression, okay? Um, and that's a physical thing. There's a lot of physical elements to depression. Um, it can be a chemical imbalance. It can be because of past trauma. It can become because because of present circumstances. Now, if Satan, if the demons are like roaring lions looking for prey, looking for somebody to take advantage of, I think we're foolish to think that demons aren't in there working on that guy. Don't you think so? I mean, that's, that's a weak person. And Satan's just going, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, hey, that's a piece of cake, man. That guy's depressed. That guy's got problems, man. I'm going to jump in there, and I'm just going to push that to extremes. So what Satan does, he pushes that to extremes and pushes that to extremes and pushes that to extremes, okay? It can be something like that. Um, when we see... Um, Behavior that is destructively antisocial and fierce. You know, in the genocide, when we were there in the genocide in Rwanda, and these young guys, they were, they were literally hacking people to death every day. Some of them probably would hack five to 10 people to death every day. Demons, absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind. Those guys, that kind of extreme, evil, violent, antisocial behavior demonic involvement in stuff like that, okay?
okay? I got, I've got no doubt about that. Um, and you'd see these guys, and it was like mindless, um, crazy stuff. So um, inner agony that expresses itself in extreme pain or extreme anger. Demon stuff. I'm absolutely, I'm convinced that some of these people that, you know, they get slighted at work, and then they go out and take a gun and kill 50 people. That doesn't make any sense. That's inhuman. I'm, I'm sure demons are behind this kind of stuff. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, it's not the only thing, but it's one. Now, now see, so, so what you have is um, the, uh, um, we, we, we did a, when we were talking about the, the flesh, the human nature, we talked about the road and you come to a crossroad and the battle against the human nature is the human nature, for example, wants to take you this way, but God wants to take you this way in the spirit. We talked about keeping in step with the spirit. So you keep in the step with the spirit this way, but you have to make that choice here. Well, at this crossroads, you've got your human nature. You should write it down here. You got your human nature pushing you this way, but that's not all. Who else is pushing you this way? Satan and the demons. They're also pushing you that. And who else? The world. So it's, I don't, it's rare that it's only one of these guys. When you come to a crossroad, when you're having a problem, when you're down, when, when you're struggling, it's, I mean, it just makes sense. You know, lions, I think Chris used this in a, in an illustration in one of his sermons. When a lion's out there, you've seen the shows, when they're out there going after prey, um, they're, they're running after this big, strong antelope, and then they see this little one that's just been born. Well, what are they going to do, duh? They're going to shoot over here and get the easy prey, you know? So if, if there's people that are struggling and everything, they're nasty. They have no mercy. They don't care. Praise God for Jesus because he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into this kingdom of the sun he loves. Wow. I mean, when you, when you think about this, this old Satan stuff, that, that passage doesn't mean much if you don't know much about Satan. But when you know about Satan and the world and everything, you're just going, thank you, Jesus. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you. You delivered us. Wow. That's big. You should, every morning you should wake up and say, thank you, Jesus. You delivered me. You delivered me. You delivered me every morning, man. So, um, so that's um, yeah. I, and I think um, well, let, let's go on to the the key points. Whoops. What are some key points we need to understand for today? Um, you've got him there. Number one, what's, what's the first point? Somebody read that. Um, what are some key points we need to understand today? What's the first one? Okay. I hope, I hope, I hope that's clear. Satan is a demon. This is, this is true. This is good. This is real stuff. What's the second one there? Somebody read it. We should expect demon influence to be pervasive. Okay, he's the God of this world. He's a... He's the, he's the prince of the power of the air who is at work in the sons of disobedience. He's out there. He's working all over. He's not just there and maybe in Arizona. Maybe he's doing a little bit there in Africa. No, it's pervasive. His, his, his work is pervasive out there in the world, in the affairs of life, in our own lives. We are naive to think that when we are struggling, the one who prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, is not there close at hand doing his thing to take us down, okay? Um, okay, what's the third one? Okay, now this is important. Um, just in this age of the new age and all this kind of stuff, three categories. There's God himself, the triune God. There's angels, and there's demons. 
okay? That's all the Bible knows about, all right? That's it. Two of these are good, one of these are bad, okay? So that means that anything else besides God and angels, anything else, um, people who have their other gods or a spirit guide or some kind of a spirit companion that the New Age people say, oh, you got to have your spirit companion, you know, and they're actually teaching this to people. Um, Your ancestral spirits, ghosts, whatever spirits people are talking about out there and think that are roaming around, the Bible says they're demons, okay? They're just demons. So don't be fooled by that stuff, you know? Oh, I got my spirit guide. I got my... Guardian, if if a if a if a Christian says I have a guardian angel, yeah, that's one thing. But when these people are talking about out there in the world, they're saying, "Yeah, I've got my guardian angel." Yeah, it's an angel, all right, but it's not a good one, okay? Because um, good angels only come from God. Any spiritual force or manifest. Oh, that's the next one. Any spiritual force or manifestation that is not of God is of demons. So you've got things like levitations, talking with the dead, seances, that sort of thing, fortune-telling or prophecy. You've got Ouija boards. You've got healings um, that, that aren't from God. Because these things happen out there. Um, visions or dreams that aren't from God. You've got supernatural powers out there. Um, if they're not from God and his angels, they're, they're from demons, okay? So that's why... We are told to test everything. So these verses here. Let's, let's read these. Um, Lori, why don't you read that 1 Thessalonians 5. Okay, test everything. Okay? It says, don't despise prophecies, and don't quench the spirit, but don't be afraid to test. You see, some people... Think, well, don't, if we test things, you know, if, if somebody says this is from God and we, we question it, we're, 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 we're questioning the work of the Spirit. Absolutely not. The Holy Spirit does not want something that comes from Satan to be called from him. That's the last thing he wants. The last thing the Holy Spirit wants is for something that Satan is doing for people to say, no, that's the Holy Spirit. That's why he says, test, though. Test. I want you to test. Okay, look at 1 John 4, 1. Um, Steve, go ahead. Oh, no, I, you don't. Yeah, do you have it? it? Oh, it's written there, yeah. All right, it's in your thing. Go ahead, Steve. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Okay, so he's saying don't believe every spirit. That means behind these false prophets and prophets, prophecies are evil spirits. Okay, so test. Matthew 24, 24. Go ahead, Dylan. Okay, Matthew 7, 22 and 23. Go ahead, Joy. Okay, 2 Corinthians 11. Go ahead, Evan. Okay, so point, test everything, okay? Let's not be gullible. Let's, let's test things um, when, the, when it comes to the realm of the Spirit because... Um, he's out there doing crazy things. All right, so any questions about that? That was a lot. Um, questions, things you want to comment on? Yeah, Don. Okay, how do you test the spirits? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we could say a lot about that. One of the big tests, the, the biggest test is are they um, 
Are they true to the true Christ? Are they true to the true Christ? Okay. And not, not just do they, like Mormons, do they use the name Jesus and talk about Jesus as Savior, but what do they mean when they say that? You know, the Mormons, when they say that, they just say Satan and Jesus were brothers. Um, and so you're going, oh, okay. You know, that's a test. You say, okay, these guys are not from God. You know, they might be good people. They might be moral people. That's one of those things where Satan's just, he loves religious people who just don't know the true God and will keep people from the true God and, and all that. So that's, that's the biggest test right there um, is what they believe about Jesus and, and God, okay? Yeah. Somebody else had a question. Was that what their, the question was? Do you have something else, Eric? That was it. Good deal. Okay. Um, all right. So, any, anything else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and we're going to talk about that. What what do we do the next the next week? Then the reason I wanted to whip through some of this knowledge, background knowledge type stuff, so that next week we can talk about, okay, so what do we do about that? So if, if, if the influence of demons is pervasive, and, and even, even ourselves, you know, and where it says, don't be, let the sun go down in your anger, you can give Satan an opportunity. What does that mean? And, and uh, how do you deal with that? Um, how, do, how do we live in a world like that? We're going to talk about that next week. So, um, um, yeah, any, any other question before we Go to the application here. All right, let's just look quick at the application. Um, and um, I hope, again, each, each week, I, I hope you have time to, to take with, with God and, and do some of these applications. Um, so let me just read this. The earlier church had a practice that we no longer observe, but it might be good to revive it. Before baptism, the new Christians would, and this is a quote from some of the ancient writings, renounce the devil and all his works and all his ways. And they would do this in very specific terms, naming and renouncing any attachments to, affiliations with, dabbling in, playing with, anything to do with the powers of darkness. This is as important for us today as many practices that may involve dark power, that is power not of God, are in use today and we may have availed ourselves of them, it would be good to survey your life, look back, and renounce specifically things like, you ever had a spirit guide? Companion angel? You ever, were you ever into Ouija board? Fortune telling? Or, or receiving, going to a fortune teller? Was that part of your life? Tarot cards or palm reading, that sort of thing. Did you like to do that? Uh, seances. Um, which is like communication with the dead. Were you ever into astrology or telepathy or mind reading or um, things like power objects, like good luck charms, power crystals, guardian angels? You know, some people have these angel or statues on their cars and their houses and stuff that are supposed to protect them. What is that stuff? You know, so... um, I would go back and just look and just say, okay, God, I was... 
that was part of my life. I just renounced that, and I'm not going to have anything to do with that anymore, okay? I, that's just a good, healthy, it's not a big deal. You don't have to make a big deal. I can get all scared about it or anything. It's just, let's just go back and say, I don't want any kind of that influence in my life anymore. Um, some of us never have. We've lived in Christian families, and this stuff is like Ouija board, never touched the thing. Well, we used to do Ouija board, you know? Um, things like that. So, um, next paragraph. I would get rid of any art objects that were traditionally used in pagan religions or rituals. For example, many African masks were used by witch doctors. Lori and I wouldn't have those in our houses. The Cocopelli, you know those dancers that in southwestern art? Um, they're representations of evil fertility spirits in American Indian religion. I'd get rid of anything like that. I mean, why, why even have something like that in your house? Even, you know, even if there's, you know, nothing to it for, for you. Um, but there's, a, there's enough, there's enough um, crazy situations where somehow um, demons somehow use that stuff for power in people's lives. And you might as well just, you got enough to worry about without having that kind of stuff messing things up. Just get rid of it. I would renounce any previous association with non-Christian cults or religions. You know, if you used to be a Mormon or used to be a Buddhist or a Hindu or into transcendental meditation, which was big in our day, and, you know, anything like that, New Age, just say, God, I renounce any of that kind of stuff. And I, I'm going to do everything I can to just remove its influence and truth um, in, my, in my life. So a simple heartfelt renunciation of each of these previous associations with objects, practices, and ideas that had to do with the powers of darkness is just a good spiritual exercise. Renounce them verbally, naming them, and then commit your life to God and his truth, authority, power, and spiritual influence alone. Because what, what those things are, they are competing um, sources of spiritual truth and power and influence It'll take astrology. That's a competing source of knowledge and truth and influence in your life that you're allowing from somewhere out there. Where's it coming from? Well, you might, you know, get, just say, I renounce that stuff. I, the only spiritual truth, authority, power, influence I want in my life is from God and his holy angels as he might command. So uh, it's just a simple thing to do. I would just do it. We have to do all the time. Um, And, um, but, you know, I've done it and, you know, it's not, nothing magic. I wasn't wasn't like, wow, now I'm delivered or anything. It's just a good, healthy thing to do in your spiritual life. Just clean it up. Just a little house cleaning. Things come in three, knock on wood, that kind of stuff. I just knock on wood stuff. I don't, I don't know. People do that, but that's no, just superstition. You're just saying, man, there's some kind of force, evil force that's going to get me unless I go like this. And you're going, really? I'm going to go like this? Um, yeah, it's not going to work. Here, here you go. Knock on wood, man. Here, up here. <laughs> so, you know, just stuff like that. Um, and it's not a big deal. It's not like, oh, man, you're terrible if, 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 you know, you've ever said knock on wood or everything. But just be aware of some of that kind of stuff. It's, 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 just, it's just counter to the whole worldview of God and Christ and what he wants to do in our lives. And so why not just get rid of that stuff? It's not a, it's not a big deal. So, yeah, Andre. Yeah. Like, how much do you... Like Harry Potter. You know, the, yeah. yeah, there was, Harry you know, the big, the big discussion about Harry, Harry Potter and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's no easy answer to that. I think, um, uh, I th- I think it depends. Each person, I think, has to make your decision on, on some of that kind of stuff. Um, because I know f- some people... Will, can watch that and it's, it's like watching a fairy tale it's like watching snow white and uh you know i mean i watched snow white all my life when i was a little kid and i don't know how many times and it never turned me to evil or anything like that but 
there are people that are influenced by that kind of stuff. And it will influence them to dabble in magic and say, hey, that's kind of cool. Because there are, there are people that do that kind of stuff, you know, that, that, that practice that kind, like magic and good magic and black magic and all that kind of stuff. And um, so you have to be careful of that. I would be, be careful with your kids. Talk to your kids about that stuff. Just lay it out there, you know. And, you know, they say, just, just realize this is a fairy tale. There is no such thing as good magic and bad magic. This is just fairy tale stuff. There is God, angels, and demons. That's it in the spirit realm. There, there, there isn't this other stuff. And so you're either on one side or the other, and there isn't, you know, good witches and bad witches. And, you know, I watched Wizard of Oz, and there's the good witches and the bad witches. And, you know, it didn't, I don't think it destroyed my mind or anything like that. <laughs> so, but it, it, it can have an influence depending upon your background and everything. So um, it's, I think each person has to think about where they are and where they're headed and what influence it might have on them and their kids and, and that sort of stuff and make your decision, okay? Yeah. Yeah. How do we, what's our responsibility? How do we respond to, uh, we have relatives who, uh, a past relative that since deceased was a president of a spiritualist church. Yeah. Uh, we have people that, uh, relatives that attend New Age churches. So obviously we're going to associate with them, but not buy into anything they believe. Right. Yeah, well, um, I, I, I hear two things in your question. Um, I think we're talking about here your personal association. Like if you were committed to the truth of that religion, then obviously, you know, just make a renounce, renouncement of that. If it was like your, your uncle that, you, you know, you, because he's in the family and you've gone to a wedding or something in their family and it's in this this cultic church, the Mormon church or something like that, you know, there's, you know, that's, that's not an impact on you. It's, it's more, what have I been, have I been tied into any of these things? And you just want to just picture it that way. Have, have, have there been any little cords that have tied me to some of these things in the past? I just want to break those things. It's, it's, it's that sort of deal. Okay. Good questions. Yeah. What else? Anything else? Yes. With those people. With all those, you know, when you get together. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, both, all of them. You know, one, one of them was Karen Sears. Yeah. That's a whole nother deal. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, and I, I did hear that in your, in your question. So, and that's, that's a different issue. Um, we don't have to fear that. I mean, we don't have to fear that if, if, if there's a wedding in a, in a Mormon ward or something like that, that somehow we're going to be contaminated or something like that. That's, that's not what we're saying. We're, we're talking about personal, con, personal attachments that we've personally had with these things. And then how to deal with those people if you've got relatives that are Mormons. That's a whole nother ball game, you know, that, uh, yeah, could be another, another academy, couldn't it? The people in the funeral. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and, and of course, that's another question that we don't have to face too much, but it does come up like that. 
you know, where you may have relatives or friends that are in some different religion. And so you go to a wedding and the people, maybe you're asked to be one of the, you know, the bridesmaid or something like that. And the bridesmaids are, are, they ask all the bridesmaids to say this stuff or do this stuff that's really like pagan stuff that's really got a religious spirit overtone to it. Um, and you, you just have to, some, sometimes you do have to say, no, I can't do that. So you just have to say, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, and let it be a testimony. You know, do it, do it kindly and everything. But, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. And um, Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you indeed that you have delivered us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son you love. So we're in, in your kingdom of love. And we'll talk about that next week of the freedom and joy that that brings and that we don't have to go as, as crazy as this world is and, and as, as evil as, as some things are, that we don't have to live in fear. We can live in the joy of our salvation. And so um, we'll get to that next week. Pray that people come back and uh, get, get that, that good stuff. This was a lot of heavy stuff. But um, we just thank you for your, for your care and uh, having delivered us. So um, we pray that we might go out and use wisdom and the wisdom of your spirit as we live in this crazy place to navigate and to be the kind of people you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you.